Slash Tube, episode three. Hello and welcome to Slash Tube, the only movie pitching podcast where four very different ideas can come from one title. Everybody's been given the same title, some time to prepare, and comes to our table. <laughs> some people have prepared, uh, and comes to our table with a personal film or TV pitch of their own. Uh, but not all ideas are created or workshopped equally, and when we're finished, only one will emerge victorious, and there's more on that later on. I think it is important to note that nobody has corroborated beforehand, um, and we're going into this equally fresh. So, Sean, what is a slash dupe? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, a slash dupe... <laughs> yeah, we didn't practice that at all. Uh, thanks, Becky. Uh, a slash dupe is film industry terminology for a rough, usually monochromatic work print of a film used in the post-production stages for purposes such as scoring or dubbing. And it's more prevalent, certainly, during the days of physical film. A slash dupe is, in effect, a mere unfinished representation of a finished film. And I think that's what we're hoping to bring to you today, Most at least. certainly. At least one of those. So uh, we're going to meet um, our three guests. Now, two of our guests have been given the title beforehand. One of our guests has not. That guest is the dupe. Um, and that person's hearing the title for the first time, just as you guys are at home. Um, but I think it's worth meeting Dan first, um, our regular uh, host and guest so far. And Hello. to hear how much more prepared you are than you were last I episode. I am more prepared than the second episode right. and less prepared than the first. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that. I think that will strike a nice balance. <laughs> a nice balance. Um, and uh, do, do you have any expectations of the title? Have you? Uh, I, I absolutely do. You do? Yeah. You have high expectations, high expectations of this title. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, just before I introduce Becky, our second guest, um, I just want to say that, that this is one of the titles that uh, I came up with a long time ago as a joke when the format of this podcast was being uh, sort of... Uh, bandied about with friends and we were just laughing about what titles um, uh, that, that Hollywood or Netflix would actually make into a, a film or a TV show and then would populate it with all these silly you know, cast and, and writers and, and just sort of the ludicrousness of what, of what they would create. Um, but this title was one that came fully formed with the idea and the title as one. So I've had this in my back pocket and when you hear my pitch you'll know that it's, it's offensively bad. I mean it's just, it's just terrible. Is it as bad as Velocipasta? It, it's, it's not as bad as Velocipasta. Because that is brilliant. <laughs> Out on Amazon Prime now. Um, two and a half stars. Um, no, but it's... Uh, my, the, the idea f that I have for this title is um, it's terrible, um, but I can only see the idea I've, I've come up with. I've had it in my pocket for years, knowing that it would never make a real film is why I brought the title out now. So I am genuinely excited to find out what other people have uh, to bring to this. So with that, I will say, Becky, how do you feel? Without giving the title away to our dupe, how do you feel about the title today and the podcast? So I was very excited about the title. Um, and if I'm honest, I, I do think that one of the ideas I've come up with for today is something I would genuinely love to film if anyone was stupid enough to give me the budget. So, um, <laughs> you know, maybe, who knows, this could be the first step on a really badly advised journey. So this is so you're not just pitching it to us to uh, eventually be put into the semi-finals, uh, into the winners' pool, um, and get made into an amazing trailer, which is a big enough accolade. Which is a, which is a fine <laughs> accolade. But you're actually pitching this to any and, and all movie executives that we know are listening to this podcast yeah, of course, all as well. Yeah. Absolutely. If if they feel like they would watch it, I am happy to make it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So. Um, and now's a good time to uh, reveal our dupe, uh, Ryan. Um, what do you have to say? You haven't heard the title yet, but uh, how are you feeling? I have had my creative juice this morning, mm -hmm. so I think I'm definitely ready to... Heroin. 
Uh, well, uh, it's a bit what, close. A bit close what, to both. <laughs> what's your grape? What's orange your grape juice? juice. Orange juice. Orange juice. You know. Okay. Uh, Take that so I've my. <laughs> so yeah, I've had my creative juice this morning, and I'm ready to sort of, uh, you know, come up with a, a good title and a, a wacky pitch, depending on what the uh, title of this film is. Okay, good. Um, I will reveal the title to you. Thank you very much. Uh, and Drum roll. The title for this week's episode is "This Train Terminates." So the title is "This Train Terminates," and it's. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to put any ideas in your heads. I want already. I wanted to talk about it, but I want to just see what that gives you as inspiration. And of course, um, just for anyone at home or anyone who's thinking of coming on the podcast, um, it can be any spelling variation. It can be with hyphens. You can even change some of it around if you have a good justification for it. So, uh, so I think who's ready to start? I mean, if you want half an idea. Perfect. Before we get <laughs> Becky's <laughs> main two and a half ideas. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I'd love to hear your picture. Would you? Yeah. So would I. <laughs> um, so here it is. Here it is. It is a location-specific shoot. It's a Danny Boyle um, movie, and it is based on the London tube lines. It will follow the the kind of story of three or four couples of people mm-hmm. um, who meet randomly on various tube lines. So um, there'll be four different... Uh, I think, I think there's going to be four different stories. Okay. I've thought of one, and we're all going to come up with the other three. Perfect. Um, and it's a non-linear movie. Mm-hmm. And each section is introduced by the tube stop that they're going to get on. Great. And okay. then it's about these people's journeys as they travel together before they get off at their respective stops. Okay. And they will build up over time. Does it have? Do they, uh, does it maybe have chapter headings that are named? Yeah, you know, Baker Street. Baker Street. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then some of those people will get on on the same line. So it'll be like mm. um, Jubilee Line, Stratford, mm. and then it'll also later on it'll be Jubilee Line. Okay. Uh, uh, Wilsdon Green is that on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done, Dan. Um, <laughs> and it will explore their their these sort of strangers mm. mostly sort of interaction over time. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So we've got this sort of old school sort of tr- one of them could be like a strangers on a train sort of reimagining of this classic love story. Yeah. You know, but and sort of but in this modern time. Um, also, what I find interesting is the tube is the only space of time until TFL bring it in, but it could be a slight period piece. The tube is the only period of time where you don't have Wi-Fi. Yeah. So it forces people to interact, you know, to interact mm-hmm. or to retreat into something else that is more interesting for a film like reading a book that can spark something. Mm-hmm. It's more interesting and cinematic than a than a than a than a phone, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I quite like that. Um, it originally sp- spiraled off a sort of an, a first thing, which was like uh, a younger girl and an older man. Of course, you know that old dynamic. Mm-hmm. But that this gentleman is on the train and he's always there whenever she gets on, and she never sees him get on and she never sees him get off. And over time, they spark up a, a sort of a relationship. I was thinking kind of. Kind of lost in translation style, mm. do you know what I mean? Where yeah, we sure. we discover a little bit more about his history as time goes by, and it influences her life. And then one day um, she sees him get off, and the next day he never gets back on. Okay. And I think that's going to be at least one of the one well, of the lines. How will that resolve? Is that partway through her storyline? No, that will be the that will be the uh, end of her storyline. Oh line, wow! So it's quite bittersweet. Yeah, and like, like okay. the, the and she, oh, she never really finds out why he's gone. But there's a lot of talk before. Could be illness. Could be mm. Mm. sort of like the way that um, 
that Crash has different groups of people that mm-hmm. have uh, similar stories that sort of all interconnect with each other. Yeah, and where some of those lines intersect, we can see oh, some of those stories Oh, like the actual tube maps. But actually seeing them happen twice, but from different perspectives. Yeah, sure. So hence the non-linear bit of it, because you want to actually yeah. see the interaction from the other eyes. That's I right, like yeah. That. And I definitely don't want... I do want to see... Like three weeks later, definitely before we see some of the exposition yeah, sure, of that, sure. because it will explain some of the. Mm. It's, it's yeah. nice to keep that mystery. I think the idea of this is the transient nature of the tube and mm. the relationships that one can have. Mm. I, when uh, I, sorry, go on. I really like that because I've got a friend who takes a takes a train every morning, and he like religiously he sits in the same seat mm-hmm. yeah, every that's time. Good. That has to be one of those. And, he, and he and he he'd come in and he'd say like, oh, you know that that girl was sitting there again. And there's again there's a, there's a, a girl that same thing. She gets on the same station as him and sits in her own sort of seat, you know, wherever near to him. So I like that that is mm-hmm. yeah. it's an actual relatable thing that people do. Yeah. Well, I actually how about saw that develop? Did you in uh, when I used to commute into town from? Shenfield, I actually saw a relationship develop on the train. That's these amazing. two, these two people, amazing. Like, and and it, it eventually became like a little smile, and then it was like a good morning, mm. and then they were chatting, and then the next, the next time they were sat next to each other yeah. rather than opposite each One other. Can only imagine like where it goes to. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say the other thing you could do if you're using different tube lines is you can also give some of the character of what the different tube lines have. Yeah, absolutely. Because so like the history of the tube is really bizarre and interesting because a lot it's all built at different times. Mm-hmm. It's got different like flavour to it that you can bring into the characters. So I think it's the northern line that's got like a really weirdly ghoulish history where like it takes a little detour at one point to go around a plague pit. Brilliant. And there's like a disused station where if you look out at the right time between... I think it's near Angel, where you can see basically like great big holes in the wall mm-hmm. where the old tunnels went up to the like. That's that the one that's used in one of the yeah, bond yeah. things. Like, yeah, got some of the mm, disused areas. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's kind of things where then maybe if you wanted to do like some darker storylines on the northern line, but then maybe do something a bit brighter and happier on the ones that actually come up. Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great idea. And the history—you're uh, right—it has a rich history, and each station has a history behind why it's named. And there's sort of so you can have—I mean, Danny Ball would imbue the spirit absolutely. of London into these stations, and, and it feels like it is for him. Him trying to recreate those 2012 feels. I see. So now that we've lost our way a little, maybe, um, and it will allow us to address some of the some of the political things going on at the moment. Of course, that will, um, and tubes are still have. Slightly scary resonance for a lot of people after seven seven and stuff like that. So it's kind of Danny Boyle's attempt to bring London and England by its sort of proximity. That's great. Back together. By the thing that everyone within reason has to do is commute. It At least has that or travel London to basically. You have this sort of so so just to just to clarify, I I personally like the idea. It feels like this is something he would make now. Mm. It is definitely now. And you're right about how he's trying to capture the sort of the, the sort of energy and the love we all had during the Olympics. Yeah. He's trying to he's making a film to And that unity. That. Like whatever people's feelings now, it that 2012 we were all all proud to be British and, yeah, and everything yeah. that came out of that. And so he's I think he's trying to recapitulate that side. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ryan, you had a point to make. I did, yeah. Well, it was sort of leading on to it's a bit of uh, London inside joke trivia for you, but um would you make the whoever is the Jubilee line and the Central line the two hottest looking people because they're technically the two hottest lines on the underground? It has to be done. <laughs> I'm sure that would go in. It has right? to be done, doesn't it? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. A London trivia for you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, I, I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right because you know when you see a name but you never really sort of take it mm-hmm. into the. But, but I think it's Frank Cottrell Boyce. I think he wrote 
I th- I'm going to say, I think he wrote Millions. Right. And I think he's written a couple of Danny Balls films and he's written a lot of Michael Winterbottom films. Right. So I feel like he's the writer the to imbue it if we were going to assign a writer to it. Mm-hmm. He's the sort of guy who can be commercial but then also sort of lay that sort of... It's something a little it different. Feels, it kind of feels indie in its yeah. execution. Yeah. But yeah. with Danny Boyle behind it, it certainly wouldn't be budget-wise. Yes, exactly. Um, and the support of London City and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Danny it was Frank Cottrell Boyce. Okay, cool. I just wanted to know I was pronouncing it correctly. Um, so... I've just got a question about this structure. So will you take place... Uh, so is it outside onto the platforms and then outside into London as well? Or is it just... Only ever the it? tube. And and so it, it can only be those confined spaces. Yeah. Which also give us... Each tube has a slightly different configuration anyway, doesn't it? Within its Definitely. sort of carriages. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's only over there. And maybe one of them will see someone miss the tube, the door's shutting mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. And we might see that. A, a reoccurring thing. That maybe that's the opening scene, and this, these are the characters that you think you're going to see in the film, but they miss the train, and you and you and then you sort of pan, pan in, into the carriage. That you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's just as the idea that you know this is just a different story for them. Mm-hmm. Now you're not part. Their story is not part of your story. Yeah, they've missed the train. They're part of somebody else's story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And I think the opening credits would definitely be just sat, uh, just going through tube tunnels, wouldn't it? It'd just be yeah. All the credits I like that. It's got a bit of a Linklater feel. I just went, I went to the Prince Charles recently for Valentine's Day and watched the the, the trilogy, the before trilogy, before Sunrise, Sunset, and, and Midnight. So I like that sort of, you know, just coasting from the front view of each train yeah. going through the tubes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that. And maybe some of the machinations of it. So, you know, maybe you see uh, just the people that work behind the scenes to make the trains run smoothly. So that you see the driver operating the train yeah. in a way that you've never seen because you're never privy to that. You know, maybe you see. Um, someone cleaning and you see someone on the ticket barrier just chatting to someone I mean I see people there's a where I commute from from uh, Nord Junction there's somebody that says hello to everybody on their way up the up the yeah. track you know in the morning and he says hello to you know he's got the jacket on he works there it's you know six ten in the morning but he says hello to everyone on the platform and I'm like these are the people that you know really make our rail network yeah okay yeah it's slow and yeah there are delays <laughs> but these are very often not down to the yeah. people that are actually working their day in and out a day in and day out doing the jobs mm-hmm. that we do as well working yeah. day in and day out so I sort of like that as a I like that in, so that makes th- sense there's a real lovely um story I read recently about the, is I think the embankment um the, uh, the mind the gap Right. Uh, voiceover was this one guy for years and years and years and then they changed it they went all digital and the wife of the guy who he had died she used to go to embankment to go and hear his voice and she got really sad that she oh, couldn't hear wow. it anymore mm. and but she did she tweet or someone else tweeted about it i think someone else had shared it originally because yeah. i remember reading about it and it's such a human story yeah. 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 and like now it's just such a nice moment to be able to be in that place and feel like you're just feeling just a tiny little bit of what she of, of must have been feeling, feeling yeah. when someone went then out of their way to restore that for yeah. her yeah, yeah. and i'm like that is such a nice thing and i think that's where you it reminds you that actually it's human beings who are mm. operating this network and mm. it's so easy to complain and to moan when things are late or it's not running how you want it but actually it's people that keep it moving. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. I think, I think that's it. The, yeah. the people that keep it moving might be well, their tagline or something. It's about yeah. it's about the people, so that it becomes we see them getting annoyed with the with the function of the tube, but it's really about the people that we see. And yeah, and in fact, in essence, like with everything, uh, it's it's that you really can see them being annoyed with the things that we see them go through in their, Absolutely. In their stories. Absolutely. And sometimes they take it out a little bit just in the way that they speak mm-hmm. and the things they do into the staff and the train system. But really, they're annoyed at their life. They're mm-hmm. annoyed at something that's happened yeah. and, you know, sort of another stimulus. 
And this, which which line is it that's got the horrifically loud squeaky brakes and oh or, man. Uh, central, central lines? Central. So we'll, we'll have that. And, and the jubilee, and the two hot ones. The two hot so, ones. So, you know, <laughs> hot and squeaky. <laughs> that was my name in high school. Um, but really, it's about that. Like maybe someone on one of those lines has a feeling that they can't be heard. And that these breaks always come across their conversation. That's, and that's like their that. emotional yeah. arc is that they, yeah, in, them, in themselves, they feel like they're not heard. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. So, so, so I sort of, so I think nailing down some of the arcs that we get would be good. Um, I really like the idea of, and I don't know if this is possible, but I think if anyone can do it, it's Danny Boyle. Mm. I like the idea of having uh, relationships between two people, like you said, inspired by what you've you witnessed but they never speak to each other in words. So you can see a relationship blossom every time they see each other on yeah. a train, but it's only in the small gestures of giving a, a newspaper or giving up a seat for somebody else. Yeah. Or uh, just the way, you know, those, those interactions that human beings have where they don't say anything and, you, and an entire conversation happens between two people. So maybe an entire arc of a relationship from uh friendship to flirting to to almost love to mm-hmm. respect to perhaps even their fights yeah come from their micro interactions with each other and no dialogue that would whatsoever. be a, that would be a brilliant arc i think that would also be really great in terms of maybe the one that comes with people's discomfort on race and stuff mm. like that so we can start with people with someone literally just moving away we mm. see that happen a lot mm. we See People don't sit next to me. I know yeah. that's odd. Like, no, you've got, nice you got a looking... beard and a backpack. That's <laughs> it. You're done. You but I'm the last person to be sat next to on the tube, which is yeah. really unusual. I've just noticed that as something that happens. Not that I have an objection to it because I get to sit on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and manspread as well. And manspread, as I've been known to do. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I think that's a I really think that, good That's probably the one. And we can see, he, he obviously Danny Boyle would bring that round somehow to show how there's a unification within that. Yeah. Somehow. Um even with that, there's this whole um, being an ally in terms of on the tube, of being in the way, interposing yourself, aren't you? Seeing a lot of that, especially with that. We're going to go back to upskirting again. We had upskirting <laughs> one of the other weeks. Yeah, but the, before the law came out, you saw a lot of people deliberately standing in the way of cameras and stuff like that. And I wonder whether, whether that's the way we're meant to ally ourselves, isn't it? With in fact, Sarah and I had on the tube the other day. Some guy absolutely blew him, blew his. Someone wheeled over his foot with a suitcase. Right. And um, it was a typical London thing because the guy was embarrassed that he'd run over his foot with a suitcase and he went, you're right, mate. Instead of like, sorry, I ran over your foot. Yeah. You're yeah. right, mate. And the other guy's like, I'm not all right. I'm, I'm absolutely not all right. <laughs> and then yeah. he got his newspaper and smacked him in the face like twice. And I was like, I turned around and went, hey, hang on. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not. He's like, it's just his fault. He didn't apologise. He just comes in here. And I was like, okay, there's a lot of, quite obviously. Yeah. And at which point Sarah stepped in because it became, I think... We decided sure that, she, that she would be able to diffuse that easier than a man would be able to diffuse yeah. that. But it's about being in the vicinity. So we then stood in between them. We didn't say anything more, but we kind of became that barrier. And I wonder whether that's part of... It's interesting that you say that, actually, yeah, because I, I witnessed um, a fight between two people on a train where they, were, they went from arguing to almost fist fighting. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where every person in the cabin who feels like they could step in, male or female, just anyone who feels like they could step in, does a room check. 
Yes, yeah, like older, who else is bigger than me? Who's going to step in instead of me? Yeah. Who can do it's this? It's bystander syndrome. Yeah, but then I think also what happens on the tube often, I've noticed or on the train, is it trickles down and someone will do something, but it trickles down the social hierarchy yeah. where, the, you know, I'm quite weedy and I probably couldn't fight, but I would, I would step in if necessary. Yeah. But I hope that there's another guy who could do it instead of me. So I yeah. do a quick scan around. But these, but, these know, are exactly and, the things that would be so relatable within this film. Like yeah. we'd have moments of that. And even in those interactions between two lines, maybe those kind of things happen. Mm, do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I'm, I'm keen to get... Uh, because you could lean heavily on the iconography of the Tube and the mm. London network for the posters and the trailers and some of the credits, fonts and stuff. Yeah. Is that what you'd want to do or do you want to do something different with it? How would you want to bring a poster or a... Or a trailer to us, or viral marketing. Could you, in fact, viral marketing on the tube could be a good idea as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they did that recently with Picard, didn't they? Where yeah. they changed Piccadilly Circus to oh, Picard. Piccadilly. Piccadilly Circus. I, wonder, I wonder whether there would be super meme stuff um, with actually having a couple of the scenes play out on the tube in real life, not filmed. That's interesting. And so that that would socially get itself out. Marketing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Some of the bigger ones. Exper- experiential marketing yeah absolutely because yeah. that's the kind that, that feels Danny Boyle too do you know what I mean yeah yeah um, then it gets publicised in the newspapers and absolutely, stuff absolutely yeah, I yeah. might also feel like the way Danny Boyle might do it is literally go in didn't he film 28 Days Later World with handicams yeah they yeah. just went so he in. would maybe he would literally go in to busy rush hour yeah. and just with two unknown actors and a handicam and yeah. just do it and just well, I, I think each line maybe could be filmed in a different style as well maybe one even camera mobile phone section. hidden yeah, camera almost. full like full because I think the big one the big story that we're lo- we're looking at is this um, older guy younger girl he helps her okay. through yeah. some of her sort of teenage angst and stuff that's going on and she helps him maybe realise he's a valued member of, of the society and stuff like that. And that's a district line one because it's like the longest line known to man, isn't it? Like it just goes on forever and ever yeah. and ever. Yeah. And he is from Upminster right until the other end. Like she, she never yeah. sees him get off. And then the one day that he's not there, we kind of we kind of assume that he's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the that's the title. That's where yeah, the, yeah. this train terminates is his, his his termination. Yeah, I like it. Oh wow, yeah. So, possibly of his life or, yeah. or of their relationship. Or of their relationship. Well. Yeah, and maybe those two things do go hand in hand. Yeah. So maybe the only the the, the finale of it is that we actually see her get off the train mm-hmm. when she finds out where he lives or whatever and goes to his house and, and there's the funeral there or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so maybe that's the, the only time we leave the tube is yeah. to see this. And then one. that relief is something that you get right at the end. Yeah. But mm-hmm. even in fact you could even do something where it comes at the end but chronologically it's at the start. Something like that. Yeah. So that you feel mm. almost sort of like it's full circle in some way. Yeah. You know, circle, like full that. circle line. Full circle. <laughs> full circle line. line. I want to also throw in mind the gaps and then have like, you know, as a sort as a, yeah. as a as a log line as a tight as a nice tag it. line. Nice mm. it. You know? As a sort of you shouldn't have your cake and eat it. You can have the short yeah. terms and mind the gaps. Yeah, and absolutely. Have like just you know, on the poster, just very obvious gaps between people when, you know, with lots of space in between them and you know in the seats. I love it. I love it. You and know? the poster would obviously be because he's still trying to create this maybe it could be set in the Olympics. I know it feels like it should be set modern day as well, but with five tube underground tube lines, but all in different colours of the Olympic colours, all overlined with each other. So maybe it could, maybe it could take place, and you don't recognise it until the end over a time period spanning from the Olympics to now. Yeah, actually, that's a really great idea. One's during the Olympics, one's during 
perhaps the day after 7-7, because people mm-hmm. still commute. They still have to do these that things. Was that, that was before... That was long before. Long yeah, before. sure, of course. So, so maybe we have that. Maybe we have 2012. Maybe we have the referendum. Maybe we have some of the big sort of... Like the, the moments. London Bridge attacks. London Bri- we could yeah. have some of those weaved into. Yeah, yeah. Not, But I don't think overtly, no. either. I don't think we ever address them no, directly you don't want to tackle these things head on in a no. way that isn't sort of um tactful but yeah. i think it is important to notice that like if there's a uh, a bomb scare at london bridge people still get home and they have to get on a train thinking like you yeah know, is this the train that has also been targeted or something you know mm-hmm. so i think that's sort of a big part of uh, i think you can say it's the step i don't know staying power is the right word but this re- this sort of british resilience that hopefully can overcome racism yeah. can overcome uh, terrorism can overcome these things is per- perhaps a point you want to make subtly, right? Post seven seven, I was working in town at the time um, on a show, and we, when it went off, obviously no one could get home. Mm. My brother was also working in town, and my uncle, and my mum, I think my dad had a horrible day that day. My mum had gone through Liverpool Street ten minutes before that one went off. My brother was on mm. the train behind the one that went off in King's Cross, and I was in, I was in central London around the corner from where the bus went off. Yeah. So And then, of course, he couldn't get hold of any of us. So yeah, it was yeah, yeah, sure, but sure. at the end of the day, everyone, we couldn't use the tubes, everyone walked home mm. from London, like, and everyone walked Whoa. together. Well, that's the end of the film. We, we rang each other. I don't want to devalue the event, of no, course. No, no. But we rang each other and we found out where each other were and I met my brother. And when I met my brother, there were hundreds of people walking together. My mum joined us. There were like... Sort of solidarity, isn't yeah, it? and we all walked together back home. Even though my uncle lived in like Dagenham, we walked all the way out mm, there, mm. Um, and then my dad picked us up from there. I think, but it's just extraordinary how life goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the end of the movie. That's the point of the movie, I think. Yeah, and I, some, you know, that's the the overall point you want to make. And sort of even in the face of the micro atrocities that a person goes through in their own lives, rather than just the macro that everybody yeah. experiences in different ways, but. Um, life still goes on from the microphone. And maybe we see all of the people that we've met on each of the lines walking home. That, that would be perfect. That's it, isn't it? You know, That's all it. in that group of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the yeah. exception of the man. Yeah. Who, the old man. And maybe she's got a picture, she's finally got a picture of him or something. Yeah. I don't know, something yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. No, no, I don't want it to be cheesy, but there is something to be said for some of these beautiful relationships that get made and, and hold treasuring a stranger. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we, we've all done it. Like, someone yeah. that's become yeah. a friend, but. You'd never hang out yeah, outside sure. of a specific box. Mm. Maybe the person that missed the train at the start is the person that we recognise at the end, and then the 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 woman um, just sparks up a conversation with that person. Yeah, so, that's so a new relationship will continue, something like that. Perfect. And I think I've I've just had a, a just when I look at a poster in my head, I just see a side view of a carriage, and I see people sitting down on every seat, and I see um, you know those figure drawings that you get in. Uh, sort of manuals for fixing cars and stuff mm. like that and they all have uh things written next to them that are, are either profiling them as things to look out for or things yeah. that you would stereotype someone as or the opposite things this that they that they actually are like or maybe you have two posters one that, that on the tr- tube when you're looking up and you see the two posters you've got one that stereotypes them mm-hmm. and then one that actually tells you who they are and what they do yeah the, and you're like you these use... people are not the things this guy's not a terrorist because he's got a backpack and a beard yeah you know he's actually a social worker or something and this you know or just the ideas of you know this duality yeah. of what you see first and then what you learn about somebody when you get to know them yeah I think a lot of metro uh, systems and like around the world because we've got a worldwide listening base and yeah. um, 
Um, they sort of have those advertising that's above the seats. Mm. So having like arrows that point down at actual people, going back to the guerrilla marketing thing. That's good as that's well. So right. it's yeah, like yeah. this person is whatever, you know, this person's a mum. And it could just be anyone who sits under it, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, yeah. you know, that's the example of what it Which is. Which leads to hilarious yeah. social media yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah. They take pictures of themselves under yeah. the things and post it, hashtag Perfect. it and all that. Mm. Look, we've done it. That's it. <laughs> Stamp. That That's my great. pitch. I'd also cool. like to say, you know, if you're watching it on Netflix, eventually one of the posters will probably be um, just a lot of different types of shoes. You know, you just yeah, see I that brown yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. just so many yeah. different types Perfect. of shoes. Perfect. You know, from so many different walks of life. So, like, yeah, I'm, I think that is a entirely robust and serious pitch for the beginning of episode three. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I, uh, I'm quite excited about it. I. I, I suppose there's just uh, there's a few things I might ask just in terms of um, how do you think it would be when it's released? How do you think it would be reviewed and and received? Um, and I also want to know how you think it sounds. Like I like the like when we hear it being too loud for yeah. certain characters. I think stuff. I think there's so What's the oral the, the oral well? soundscape is going to be the tube. Okay, right. So it's mm. going to be we'll we'll have people's headphones listening to stuff, so we can have that, and then that will. That obviously become then mm-hmm. into the into the scene, but I think the more that we have just live tube sound all the way through, obviously edited or whatever, yeah, the better we can build some kind of sort of EDM out of that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And maybe there's transition music as we go through, but but I don't think I think it should feel quite empty that the wounds we're focusing on. And any soundtrack is soundtrack from people. Yeah, music. sure. And sometimes just the just the buzz of a few people talking and the noise. Yeah. It just has that simmering level of sort of yeah. That's really interesting. Well, um, one thing I just love about the, the being on the tube is is watching people. And one of my favorite things is listening to podcasts and my commutes in and out of work. And when you see other people doing it and they are having to stifle laughter, they're watching. Mm. They're listening to Slash Tube. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're listening to Slash Tube. Yeah. But I've, I mean, like I've forgotten that I'm on a tube sometimes and genuinely laughed out loud mm-hmm. and had to put my hands over my mouth, and it's yeah. really embarrassing. And I think that so you could totally see that sort of thing. Yeah, we got that, and yeah, we've got bus, busker music floating down as well at yes, stations. Of course, mm. that's great. Which can all, could lead to just being. There in the background, yeah. we don't notice it. Like yeah. even though the tube's moving, that busker music's still playing. Yeah. If it's yeah. relevant, it can to linger in their memory, in the minds yeah. of the people. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. yeah, for me, who would be normally music heavy, I think this is an, yeah, a, a I like very that. music light. And when it's released, how do you think it would? I think critically, yeah, they people would be very scared not to give it. Yes, it's one of those. It's one of those <laughs> five stars. <laughs> yeah. Danny Ball return to form. Exactly, like, it's the film we need right now. All that sort of stuff. Uh, and and I think in terms of actual actuality, it will be a great film. Yeah, but I think it will spark crazy debate on social media. Right, I think it's the kind of thing that people will talk like. For certain papers will have real problems with it, and they'll try and yeah. you know. It'll so it will, it will either go from one star to five star yeah. dependent on where, how they feel about it. There'll be no middle ground, and people will know that the one star really means that it's a five star movie. That kind of thing. I think it's very well. I don't think it will win any awards though, because because of the subject matter that it's dealing with. And okay. I and I think maybe um, some BAFTAs. But, maybe but some BAFTAs. America won't really. Take they won't get it. it. Yeah. They won't get it. I mean that in the nicest way to all our American listeners. Mm. Mm. But it, yeah, it will feel that it's quite a, of its era and of its location. Yeah. Okay. I really like that. I love. I love that idea. In fact, um, let's shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get Danny on the phone. <laughs> um, I think he's a listener, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny, contact us. You have our number. 
Um, <laughs> I'm on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, thanks, Dan. Smashed it. <laughs> Did not expect that. that. Well done. Thank you, everyone, for going with me. Oh, it was, it was it was good. Literal fun. tube good journey. Um, and I'm very very intrigued to hear your idea, Becky. And and because my I just want to pre- uh, preface your idea with with the fact that I've mentioned this a lot, but my idea is is rubbish. So it's not it's not going to do. I mean, following on from the notion that uh, Dan's was incredibly serious and actually turned out to be something quite meaningful and heart felt, mine is uh, horrendous. So if yours sits anywhere in between those two, that's okay. It doesn't have to be as serious and lofty as that. Yeah, so here's the thing. I am about to ruin the heartwarming vibe, guys. I'm <laughs> really sorry in advance. Someone has to. And we're all grateful. <laughs> So, you've seen snakes on a plane, now try Sean Bean on a train. <laughs> um, that, I'm in. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. So, it's a B-movie horror in the proper kind of like old school, splashy, fun way. Mm-hmm. We are going absolutely with like... so. It's like a very Ron Seal title on this one. Yeah, so sure. what what you read on the poster is very much what you get when right. this train terminates. Mm-hmm. So um, it's all going to be set on the kind of picturesque Riviera line that runs in Devon all the way along the coast. So the ah, sea okay. literally coming up to the train line. Mm. So our horror movie opens with this atmospheric shot and it's nighttime. The full moon is out. The tracks are empty. You've got waves like crashing on the rocks mm-hmm. below. And a young couple starts sort of picking their way down the rocks because, as we know with old school horror, we have to open with the idea that sex is bad. Yes. So they're on their way to their romantic tryst, but she gets her high heels stuck in the train track. Oh, no. What are they going to do? What? So our hero, hears the train coming down the track um, and he whips his shirt off naturally <laughs> and starts waving it like railway children style to try and stop the train mm-hmm. and the like brakes are squealing and it's yeah. coming to a halt and just in front of the couple grinds to a halt and we think oh my goodness they're going to make it past the prologue but then the headlights change colour they go red they're like oh, demonic oh, eyes oh, in the dark no. and the train starts going again and splat up oh, comes the amazing. title and I love it yep because this train is possessed by demonic forces <laughs> and that's why this train terminates that is superb yes yeah. so Lovely. yes um, obviously our star is actually going to be Sean Bean yeah. he is a grizzled detective who's been called in to work out why people keep dying on the Riviera line mm-hmm. um, and he's great for horror because the audience spend the whole time trying yeah. to work out when, when is Sean Bean going to die Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so he's absolutely perfect for this film, but he's joined by some notable cameos. Mm. So we've got Michael Caine as a train driver who's noticed something odd about this train, and he actually goes to Sean Bean and says, look, I'm concerned it's the train itself. I was in the cab that night when they died. Um, but then the next night shift... He's in the cab alone and the buttons start flashing and the levers mm. start going and it fills up with steam and it boils him alive. Now, this is not a steam uh, train, <laughs> but that's but still how it's the ghost of a steam train. Um, so it's, yeah. it's a proper, yeah, proper old school horror death there. Then we've got um, Richard Iowadi working mm-hmm. the ticket office in Tinmouth and he gives our hero these kind of like prophetic announcements every morning. So it'll be things like, there has been a passenger incident on platform number two and then it kind of leads you into the next discovery uh, yeah, yeah, is that yeah, your yeah. Richard Iwadi impression I way? cannot do a Richard <laughs> Iwadi impression as we are all now horribly aware <laughs> um, 
And then we've also got Kathy Bates. Um, Ooh, she wow, is a ticket inspector on the train who turns out to have psychic abilities. And she reveals to our hero that the reason why the train is possessed is that once when they were doing essential maintenance work, a corrupt construction company decided they were going to call upon demonic forces to get it done on time. Mm -hmm. Now, as we know, this goes against the natural order of things. Of course, of course. course. So the train line gets cursed and we end up with a demonic train. uh, Yeah. I, yeah. I would. I would now say is that the train line cursed or is the train cursed? So if any other train sets foot on it, does it also become cursed? So it is this specific train in this case. So think of it as like it's a manifestation through this train. Okay. So uh, all the other trains are running fine. It's just okay. this particular right. murderous vehicle, which is why in order to win at the end, our heroes got to try and kill this train. Kill so naturally, train. it's got to be a derailment, right? Because mm. that's how we yes. kill a train. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, he's piled rocks on the line. He's jammed a signal. Everything's kind of ready to go. So, you know, Sean Bean at the big climactic moment is steaming down the coast. It's all ready to hit the rocks. And so he sort of turns and looks almost straight down the camera lens and goes, this train is cancelled and jumps into the sea. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's our big Perfect. moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, jumps into the sea as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But then, of course, I mean, this is a horror. So yeah. we've got yeah. to have our, you know, post-credits moment. Mm-hmm. So sort of end of Indiana Jones style, we're going to pan across this huge train shed, you know, looking down all the lines of the trains kind of just standing there empty. And we've got two people standing by this very new looking train with a clipboard. So we know they're important. <laughs> and um, they basically say, oh, it's amazing. You can really recycle anything these days. You can even oh. make a new train from old parts, even <gasps> if it's derailed. Why would they do that? I know. It's like they just haven't noticed yeah. that all these people were dying on this line. But then, you know, as they walk away and leave the train, the headlights come on. And then they turn red. Yeah. And we think, ah, oh, you know, Here we're, we go we're set up. You know, we're well, set Sean up. Bean's dead now because he's thrown himself in the sea. So. Ah, but actually, Sean Bean survived. Oh, but no. twist. this is the thing. So after the amazing commercial success, obviously, mm. of this film, we, yeah. we of need course. a sequel because yeah, yeah. the audience do need to know when Sean Bean dies. Yeah. Um, but our hero now has a, a sort of innate phobia of going on trains. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Uh, yeah. So he will only travel by road. But little does he know, he's therefore walking into the events of This Train Terminates 2, Rail Replacement Bus. Oh, oh that's brilliant. Geez. That is phenomenal. And is the 2 T-O-O, because it's the, the train terminating as well. Actually, oh, that, that, yes, I like that. Nice. Let's do no, that. No, Am I pushing it too far? Let's brilliant. do that. Okay. And of course, the Rail, rail Replacement, replacement. It, it lasts it. twice as long and never really finishes properly. This yeah, as a sequel. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there could be some element of maybe like soul sucking that happens Love with it. demonic possession mm-hmm. on the rail replacement bus. That feels appropriate. That, very appropriate. That's super um, yeah. I feel like And you can only watch stuff. it on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when you really want to be watching something else yeah. instead. When you really need something, <laughs> yeah. that's when you have But to it's watch. just as expensive as a good film. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I have a question. Come on. Um so you said the 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 train line got cursed years ago. Who, who is the actor that's like, if you use that, it's going to be cursed rails for years? Or who is that person? Somebody has to know the, yeah, yeah. the lore and the legacy. Yeah. Like or the, maybe he meets them partway through or something. Yeah, someone that would has be to great. Like the person, who is that person? We should who, definitely have a good actor? cameo there. That's mm. a really good point. Ooh. And the thing is, you've got Kathy Bates in it already. So, yeah. so it can't yeah. be yeah. Kathy Bates, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so, like, someone's got to out Kathy Bates, Kathy yeah, Bates. Exactly. Like, this is this is difficult. Like, oh, like, like a, it's got to be someone who's like a prospector, like the sort of like that sort of stuff. Maybe not an actual prospector, but like someone who's like that sort of a bit the kook, the town kook, right? Or but the, we've got to sort of. Did you say it was set in Cornwall? Yeah, the, on Devon, the Riviera Devon. Devon. Mm. We've got to Devonify that, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Got, yeah, yeah can't absolutely. be a prospector. It has to be some sort of. It's a bit. It's got to be a pirate, isn't it? Or to be fair, I could really see 
like someone like Jim Broadbent just kind of yes, being there as yeah, like yeah, now he it. he's worked the line for years, he's seen everything, and he just kind of has that one little moment, really sinister, yeah, just under his peaked cap. You oh, know, yeah, he's really. got that kind of yeah. He's super. Is he? Is yeah. he? Is he maybe regaling the tale? I remember my first day on the job, and he was the original clipboard guy, Ooh. and then he saw the red eyes of the train the first time. But he said yes. nothing. And he said, and it shocked him, shocked him too, and he let he, he disappeared for years, and or, and no one can find him, and then that's and then that's how they understand that it's cursed. Maybe he oh. gives the knowledge to Sean Bean. Yeah, maybe he just couldn't live with himself because yeah. he realised that he yeah. should have said something all those years ago, yeah. and now he wants to be the one to help the hero win. But you know, he's a little bit past it now. He doesn't feel like he's capable of you know jumping into the sea mm. and Maybe all that show, kind yeah. of shows yeah. him where the train resides Ooh. off the off the abandoned track and, and had, that's how he yes. dies so Jim Broadbent dies the, you know, oh. the train's through here and then suddenly yeah, the lights this red is where it tunnel. lives it's in this lair. yard yeah. he has yeah. to change the signal and the signal gets stuck and he can only has to go onto the Tracks train tracks to, to pull it and he does he does and so. he redeems oh. himself he redeems himself. Sacrifice. yes he's yeah. sacrificed himself yeah. oh that is perfect that's brilliant well done Jim Great casting. He, he would really pull that off as well. He, he would, would really he? tug your heartstrings mm, at the yeah, last yeah. moment mm. there. Oh, perfect. Brilliant. So is this something that has been based on a, like a Stephen King book? Like, <laughs> what? I just had this idea of like him taking his like, tra- you know, like the train star, um, yeah. the train conductor hats and just wants it and just puts it on his, on his heart. Oh, on his yeah. chest. Oh, on his chest. train hits him. train hits him. Singing yeah. Yeah. Abide With Me. Yeah. Or he, like, he'll take it off and dust it off out of his pocket because he hasn't oh. worn it since that day. Yeah. Oh, you know? no. Yeah. Perfect. That's, That's too perfect. perfect. So is this like Christine? Is it based on a book by Stephen King? Is it, is it based on a, on a trashy book by an author or is this just a, is this a fresh idea for a film? So I think it's definitely based on a lot of tropes. Mm-hmm. So to be fair, like Stephen King is not a bad comparison because obviously he's done a lot of things to do with like haunted objects vehicles places yeah. all that kind of thing like that that goes through a lot of his work but i think because this would also be a very british take on that we'd want quite a bit of dry humor going in there mm-hmm. just on like the politics of how our trains always do nefarious things yeah. and you know there's, yeah, like, there's sure, a lot of sure. other kind of yeah. like dark humor and stuff laced in there so this is a film that's not taking itself too okay, seriously right. yeah, yeah. but just every now and again okay. we'll just throw in a nice moment that's why I, I love your moment there with jim broadbent i feel like we could really we could really just flip the switch on the audience a little bit make oh. them go Actually, I'm, I'm having a moment here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So it's supposed to be good and self-referential and fourth wall. Mm. It's not supposed. It's not supposed to be a film that's like sort of made to be, or rather, it's made to be bad rather than made to be good and everybody laughs at it. It's knowing. It's knowing. It's knowing. It's, it knows about itself. It's. Mm. It's meant to be fun, so yeah. that you come okay. away and you feel like you know. Yes, you've got the horror elements that made you genuinely jump, but you've also laughed a lot. You've got yeah. kind of invested yeah. in it, okay. but you know it's silly enough is that it, actually anything could happen. Is You're, it Sharknado yes. levels? Kind of that vibe. Although I feel like the nice thing about it being set on a train is actually because. You, what you probably won't have is so much of kind of like the bad CGI and yeah, stuff that absolutely. you get in those kind yeah. of big splashy you. B-movies mm-hmm. like, Sharnado, like Sharknado. I think instead you've got that slightly more grounded thing which also lends itself to the drier humour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get the low-key jokes in there and they Definitely. sit nicely mm-hmm. under that. Yeah, yeah. So, it's a nice yeah. sort of Cornwall sort of country humour as and well. Literally the only way humor. we know this train is evil is that the headlights turn red. That's it. <laughs> That's yeah. the kind of, There's no, no more and than that. And steam pours out of it. Like, yeah. Even, yeah. Though it's, even though it's Paul not Christine, steam train. isn't it? Basically. Yeah. Mm. There's no 
no extra effects. You just yeah. know that car is now evil. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you, you just you're exactly. You're like visually told, and I feel like there should be excessive use of smoke machines on oh, this production. Absolutely, Again, not a steam train. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, no, I completely smoke agree. And steam yeah. everywhere for yeah. some reason. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, that's the vibe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe part of the parts that they used were from a steam train. Yeah, like oh, the wheels or the yeah. from like yeah. sort of early sort of I don't know. They dug it century, up from uh, some yeah. kind of grave, mm, mass grave. That's why. What are they doing? Love it. What are they doing? Futurama with the wear car it's like the steering wheel of like Adolf Hitler's car and like the wheels of something else and it's like it could be that didn't like... Hitler make this ama- like this amazing train that's supposed to have been I don't know he, are we now re- going to Hitler's train in this okay that's that... a little maybe in the sequel that's where they retcon in some stuff <laughs> no, that's, that's, they um... go actually it was from Hitler's train and all this and you have some law in the sequel don't you that nobody the, wants that's the spin off to Iron Sky that's Iron Rails <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I think this is a fantastic idea, mm, great. and I do think somebody should make it. I, I have a question um, on location. So what made you pick the Riviera line in Devon? Mm. Um, so because I used to live down there, and oh. I used to love that train line because it is, it's so beautiful and very kind of like stunning when you go down there because it's really unusual to have a train that runs that close to the coast to the point where while I was down there, there was a patch of really bad weather, and some of it washed away. Like, it is unbelievably close to the sea, which if you're making this kind of, like, horror piece, actually the landscape you're in is a big part of it. Absolutely, Because you should be able to isolate your characters. The area should be scary, because if they could just jump off and they're just in some shrubbery in Milton Keynes, it's not very (laughs) scary. Yes. Mm. Although Milton Keynes shrubbery can be quite scary. (laughs) But, yeah. But, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, yeah. And it's great to couple this sort of foreboding locale with a beautiful locale as well. It's sort of beautiful, but but lonely and it's got this sort of duality mm-hmm. to it you know yeah i like that i like that a lot um have you thought about a writer or a director or anyone that would 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 sort of helm this piece i know it's going to be you obviously <laughs> but if this film was made uh, when would it be made and by whom have you thought or even just a tone if you're not saying it's made mm-hmm. by eli roth but you're saying it's got the tone of this director or it's got the tone of this so who can you think of that that sort of would lend themselves to this material so I think because it is a very British thing, I think it would need to be a British director and writer mm. because obviously you're trying to get some humour. Again, it's a little bit like what we were saying earlier. Like sometimes you might find that things don't translate so well to an audience or to a mind if it's not a reference yeah. that you get or yeah. kind of uniquely understand. I think yeah. when we talk about British trains, we all feel the same frustrations <laughs> and we like share the same references. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... If he wasn't kind of far too big to do this now, in a way, it's an Edgar Wright style thing. It's Mm -hmm. about being able to do the big, fun, splashy set pieces, Mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. the jokes out, but also have some pretty heartfelt moments Mm -hmm. in there. It totally feels like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's his sort of hardcore, although he's doing a horror film at the moment, isn't he? Mm. He's doing that sort of Made in Soho or whatever it's called. Um, But it could be the sort of thing where he's done it as a short for uh you know another quentin tarantino project he's done a trailer mm. for it it resonates and tarantino's production company funds him to do a feature length right. one yeah yeah you know, something like that it comes out as like an edgar wright and eli roth grindhouse double feature or something yeah. mm. you know? and are it's the like... space lot involved in this are they see i suppose that's a good yeah. point now i've said that actually yeah because you couldn't you couldn't do it without them but then maybe what you could have fun with is you could introduce them because obviously we've got to have a lot of deaths this is a horror mm-hmm. yes you could have great fun with introducing mm. them as passengers and then just bumping them off yeah. and everyone's like but but this is an edgar wright film how yeah, yeah, how yeah. on earth have you got simon pegg in it for five minutes yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> simon pegg will be the, there'll be the two inspectors at the end won't they 
Oh, with the clipboard. With the clipboard. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. There we go. Frost right at the end. Which, yeah. which Steven Seagal movie is it where he dies in the first five minutes? Oh, I don't know. <gasps> is it the one with Kurt Russell in it? I no. can't remember this. It, and I can't remember the name of the title. But they're on an aeroplane and he's like an SAS and they're taking over this plane. They've, they've hijacked it or he's with it and he dies in the first five minutes. You're like, Steven Seagal's oh. dead. What the? And it's perfect. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Utterly, I'm going to look it up. Does he come back as a ghost? No, that's it. He's absolutely done. And that would be brilliant with Simon mm. Pegg because you'd be like, because yeah. he's big now. Yeah. Simon yeah, 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 he comes in and he's the first one to die. Oh, they, they, they did that in in the second G.I. Joe film. They did all the marketing with Channing Tatum and then he dies in the first five yeah, minutes. Perfect. Spoiler. Because actually, if you made yeah, the couple spoiler. at the beginning, you know, if you brought in like Simon Pegg and maybe like Olivia Coleman and mm. you're like, well, these guys yeah. are big. Olivia They've got to be the star of the whole film. Yeah, yeah. So when the train then actually hits them, you're like, Okay, I was not expecting yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. that's not a thing. I know so, it's, yeah. it's definitely the Olivia Coleman uh, reference, but I feel like David Tennant has to be in there. He uh, just has to have is, a cameo is he somewhere. getting all the big sort of... Does, does Judy Dench make it? Does Dane, Judy Dench should Judy make it. Judy Dench make it in there at some <laughs> she point. Was, she, was the, she was the original one who commissioned the rails to be built. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh. oh, I like it. And then you youthify her, don't you? You get yeah. like the previous version of the DNA. You do no, not no, need no, to do you can just be an old, in, in that time period, be an older rail lady. Mm. It was my husband's dream to, to build a rail. Yes. Mm. Dame Judy Dench mm. is beautiful. You don't need to do a thing to that's her. Very that's true. true. She that's is true. timeless. She is timeless. <laughs> As this she, film she's made be. packs with ghost trains. That's what <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. I think it's it's a perfect idea, and my perhaps there's a trend coming in because my favourite part is the poster and the teaser. In <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know this train terminates the sort of uh, self-knowing horror film. Um, what 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 would we see when we when we're advertised as the next Edgar Wright film? I mean, I do wonder whether if you were really going to lean into what we were saying earlier about like really flipping the switch on your big name actors getting killed at the start, you could even put. Simon and Olivia on the train tracks in the poster with the demonic lights behind yeah. them. And everyone's mm, like, nice. I feel like I know what's happening going in. And it's yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. do not. I, <laughs> like, and what will happen is like... they do die in the same way. It's like, that <laughs> like, is the moment exactly. before they die. We, and we you're like, I you. Did, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, I told you. <laughs> I was thinking uh, a, a poster that during the day had the train on the front of it and the, the actual lights were two actual lights. And then at night, they turn they red. Turn Look red. at this. We're really mm. pushing the boat on marketing now. I mean, I did have a degree in it. It's like the Dracula advertising where they had the the knives in the board oh no it's stakes in the board sorry of course it was um stakes in the board yeah. and then the shadow changed from day to night i didn't know that you cast a different shadow that's, um, cool. that's cool it's really worth looking up yeah, yeah. Um, we, someone posted a video of it it's great we that's saw cool. these posters for the matrix matrix reloaded years ago. ago and when you when you walk past them it would be neo it would code go. to neo mm. putting on glasses and then, and then that was so mm. cool was that holographic thing? Yeah. yeah yeah i've never seen a poster like it yeah. ever mm. since yeah they were cool yeah that's wicked all right, and I want to. I, I, feel, I need to see the the typography. I need to, and again, I say typography a lot in this, but I want to see how are you going to show us this train terminate? Is it going to be like, you know, it came from the deep, that sort of, you know, where it looks like it's made out of sort of blood, but it's not red because they couldn't show it in red or something back in the day, like an old black and white movie. So I'm thinking that the typography should have an effect on it so it looks as though, because obviously, like I said, we're doing far too much smoke and steam in this production. <laughs> as though, like, you're shining all the smoke and steam and it's been projected as though by red headlights. Perfect. So it's like yeah. it's shining the text up at you. Nice. Yeah, that's Big, great. Big, splashy Ooh. font. Yeah, that is great. I've got another one. 
So like a long a long poster. So it's a long so from the sea, the shot of the Riviera train mm. line with the with so the first three quarters of it will be the train. Mm. Then the last quarter is someone on the tracks with the red headlights and the, and this train terminates is the steam coming out of the train along it. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. So or it's even casting what, it onto yeah. it. Yes. With the font that they use for murder she wrote. Is, is it very sort of, um, is it like a typewriter font? It, it? No, it's a bit more flowy, isn't it? it? It's like written. It looks as ah, though it's been okay. like written by. Yeah, sure. I, and I've always loved that about it because it mm. feels like it's the murder mystery author mm-hmm. like yeah. writing it. And yeah, it's, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That, and it's got a feel, because it, it feels like Murder on the Orient Express yeah. already. Do you know what I mean? That kind of, but we twisted it. Cast. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, it does. It feels like you almost market it as a sort of horror version of that, but then that's not actually what it no. is when you go into it. Then the it. train mm. eats people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it, does it, how does it, just a, a final question I've got. Um, how does the train kill people? Does it just run them over every time or are there creative ways that this train can knock people off? Because after a while, you're going to want to see some different things, aren't you? I think it should always be shaken up every time. So yeah. like, yeah, we'll, we'll hit them at the start, but then like I said, you'll have like the steam in the carriage kind of boiling in, That's you know, like hand smack on the yeah. window, skids down, that mm, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. But like each thing could maybe just be a different set piece that works in a train context. Mm. You could maybe have fun with the toilet door of the train, maybe even the, the toilet doors. of the train. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's good. I mean, going back to the snakes on a plane reference, yeah. like, you know, yeah. the way they suck whole, things out yeah, when you press the thing. Yeah. Someone, someone, someone's wedding someone, ring someone's, falls in there and they go to get it, you mm, know? Someone's caught between carriages and they split and then so I don't know if, if uh, who's the same age but they had when we're in school they actually showed us videos of how to have good tube acumen so it was like do not cross through the carriages at this point um, while the train's moving and then it showed the train turning around mm. the corner and it crushed someone to death so these are the videos I watched in school that explains a lot about you <laughs> <laughs> and do you know why because explains I went why to... you wanted to make this film yeah right? yeah <laughs> So I went to school in um, in Epping, and that's on the end of the Central Line. So I think they had to upskill us. Is that us, like... where the train terminates? It is. <laughs> so I think they have to upskill you in case you wander onto the tube, right? And or in case you want to get it into London. So because no one I've talked to has ever had that. And if you have had that at home, and you know, put it in the comments because I feel alone in this. But they would tell us how not to get squished in was between, it, and it was horrific. Was it a dream? <laughs> it made a nightmare maybe yeah but it was horrific so i can see that happening and genuinely giving me nightmares the idea of being stuck between carriages um hurtling through a tunnel or maybe the door shutting and your legs out there and the leg gets torn off as it you know as it yeah or you head out the window on the yeah in yeah the and tunnel. Their, their body just comes straight back in without yeah. your head and sits <laughs> back down perfect you know? sits down sits back yes. down <laughs> she's like you never listen to me you're always not in your own head or newspaper still in hand yeah newspaper still in hand that's horrific, isn't it? That's perfect. Um, but and you yeah. know what? And maybe no one notices because they're all on their phone. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. That says something. Yeah. That's the pre-title death, isn't it? And then that sort of... Oh, I mean, you have the pre-title death with the classic scene, obviously. Yeah. Mm. But you have to have some sort of moment there, don't you, where Edgar Wright's saying something about the current state of, yeah. you know, uh, our, our sort of technology and our, our train use. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And how would it be received, do you think? As it is intended... Would Mark Commode go, do you know what, I had a great time, that was hilarious. Or would he go, you know, it wasn't for me and... You know, Jump the shark of, here. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be one of those films where a lot of critics were happy to admit that they enjoyed it, yeah. but not that they thought it was, like, a particularly cerebral or worthy watch. Yeah. So, like, we're not talking awards, we're just talking people saying, actually, do you know what, I've had a great time, yeah. I'd crack that on again on a Saturday night yeah. with friends, it's a good popcorn movie, mm-hmm. that's yeah. the vibe. I'll still watch Edgar Wright's next film. 
It hasn't yeah, put me it hasn't off. Ruined his, me. Yeah. It hasn't ruined it. Yeah, him. Is, does it become a cult classic? Does it become one of those things where you have a drinking game because you have to drink every time someone dies or someone mm. says... Foreshadows their foreshadows own death. Foreshadows their own death or things oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, or like makes a really bad train-related joke. Absolutely. Or like Which, anything like that. Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. Okay. So I, I think it's one of those where it does become kind of when the sequel comes out, the audience is almost entirely made up of people who got genuinely quite hyped that they were going for another bad kind of horror movie. Right, yeah. Like, that's the that's mm. definitely the tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. And the sequel, does it hit the 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 right mark for the for the for the fans, or is it just off the mark for them? I rail think, replacement. I think the sequel never two. lives up to the original because the rail replacement bus is never gonna live up to a train. <laughs> no, it never like, is. It, it appropriately is a bit disappointing yeah. Yeah. bit too long could have yeah. done with being a bit quicker yeah yeah, yeah. got a bit caught down somewhere along the way like yeah, yeah. and not directed by Edgar Wright as well so someone yes, has to take it over yeah, 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 Nick yeah, yeah. Frost's directorial debut for example Ooh. he'd try and tackle it wouldn't he something like that he'd sort of go I can do this Edgar Wright and I wrote the script together I can do this and it just won't be as good you know I like that and he plays the bus driver doesn't he? Yeah. You know stuff like that. Okay, listen, we don't we don't have time to go into the sequel for this, <laughs> but um, but that is a, a stunningly different idea from Dan's, um, and and brilliant in in all the same ways. So I'm I'm very excited about. It. Thanks for for pitching that, uh, Becky. Thank you very much. So now's a good time to refresh everybody about the stakes. So at the end of this episode, um, I will pick a winner. There'll be no uh, particular reason why I will pick a winner. It'll just be the one that resonates towards me. And I don't think anyone's in competition at this point because all ideas, uh, you know, are, are, have their own merits and we're all building them together. So it's definitely not a personal thing if an idea isn't Ryan's isn't in competition with everyone. Ryan, is it? that's yeah. just his whole MO. That's just me. Yeah. Um, uh, and we'll get to the, the dupe uh, momentarily to hear uh, Ryan's improvised uh, idea. Um, but I think that we're still figuring out the best way to do this, but the end goal will be to make the winning idea into a trailer. So we're going to make it, if it's a TV idea, a film idea, whatever it is, we're going to make it into a trailer that best represents the idea that was pitched at the time. Um, best now, represents the pitch at the time? Best represents... Represents. Represents loosely <laughs> the pitch that was given to us at the time with no involvement from the person who pitched it um, and no say, which is sort of what happens in real life. Yeah. We're, so, so we're going to put this process through uh, a uh, potentially quarterfinal, semifinals or a heat down the line and we'll let you guys know how you can vote for your favourites um, that, that have gone into the semifinals and, and eventually uh, you guys will select a winner for us and we will make that into a trailer. Uh, so that's the end goal of this, to embarrass ourselves uh, in a physical way so that you can see us all embarrass ourselves. Um, and also, if you don't agree with any of the winners so far in this series, feel free to comment on our Slash Dupe Facebook group. Uh, join there and, and we could, we'll chat about anything you want. You can tell us uh, which ones you like the most. You can tell us um, uh, your own ideas. So if you hear the title, This Train Terminates, and you think, I've got a better idea than this pitch at the table, or if there's an idea for Bob Disposal or Arrest My Case in one of the previous episodes, tell us in the Facebook group. Tell us on our ex-collective Twitter. Uh, details will be in, in the uh, description block. Um, and tell us uh, which one that you love most. And that might become a wild card, so we may throw one in there that gets the most votes that we didn't actually pick at the table. All right, so now it's time to throw the title This Train Terminates over to our dupe. Um, before we do that, we've had um, a fantastically relevant 
current um, non-linear film by a British legend Danny Boyle that focuses on uh, the different uh, parts of, of humanity and, and Britishness and looks at how we can become better people um, just by those short moments between moments where we're on the commute and to see all these relationships flourish and build. Uh, and that was from Dan. Um, we've had Becky's This Train Terminates, which has been a, 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 a joyous, sort of fun, knowing, uh, gory horror film with a with throwback vibe to Possession and uh, uh, with, with a whole host of cameos. And of course, with the legendary Sean Bean, who, believe it or not, does not die at the end. So that's that's the that that's in the itself twist. Is, the twist. is is powerful. Um, so and, and that's that's a that was a brilliant idea from Becky. And so I, I, there's two diametrically opposed ideas, and I love them both equally. So um, Ryan, give us some of the ones you thought of while we were going through the episode. Absolutely. So I had a, I had a couple of ideas that sort of bounced around. One of them was um, they both sort of were a similar thing. Someone falls asleep on a train on the way on the way out. It goes to their end station. The first idea I had thought of maybe um, something like a, a nuke where it goes off in London and they are far enough away out um, to not be hit by the initial blast, but then also uh, then they have to sort of make their way to survival and that sort of thing. And the other one I had maybe someone, again, someone falls asleep, they wake up and they don't really understand where the station is and it's like this beautiful town where sort of everything's a bit weird, sort of uh, World's End style that sort of thing. Um, and I thought, actually, none of those things really link into the title of This Train Terminates. Mm-hmm. So the idea I've sort of gone for, I'm sticking to the to Becky's idea about the sort of the horror nature of it, mm-hmm. um, but I want it to be more of a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. And from that, I want the idea to basically... It touches on a couple of sensitive things. The first one would be suicide, and the second one is the trolley car dilemma. Mm-hmm. So... Also, this doesn't have to be set in London. It can be set. There's metros all over the world. Um, but I do feel like it needs to be in a place where there's tunnels systems. So I know yeah. uh, New York Metro has a lot of tunnels as yeah. well. Uh, I think so does the one in Barcelona. So it could be set wherever. Yeah, it gives a bit more of a fresher vibe, doesn't it? Like... Yeah. And I also don't know if the phrase this train terminates is used in other countries. It might only be used in the UK. Um, I'm not too sure. But well, Maybe the... this is the UK title for it. And then if it's in Barcelona or if it's in America, it's called something that fits their transit system better, you know, and it's been retitled. Really badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's just nothing to do with it originally. It's just been titled This Train Terminates, yeah. Um, And I wanted to... So I want this film to to look at the trolley car dilemma um, and... For those, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's, um, a, you know, trains running on a track, there's five people working on it, uh, and then the train is not is on track A, it's not going to stop. You have the option to switch to track B to hit one person uh, instead of five or one. So that's the choice of the greater evil. Mm-hmm. And know that the militaries use this in different ways as mm-hmm. well. So I want to set this film in, inside of, in the sort of, idea of phone booth was set in one location mm-hmm. i want it to be set in the train the car front with the driver and the driver okay. um i sort of thought maybe guy pierce could be a good cast for this that's great that's great casting and so he would be and he wake, wakes up in this train and you sort of have those like dark greens and the blues and everything that um and the sort of doesn't know you know he's, he is a, a train driver but he's sort mm-hmm. of woken up there and the like a voice comes in uh, like screens will show and the train will start moving slowly and the sh- sh- images will show CCTV of 
different two tracks with people on it. And so he has to constantly make these trolley car dilemmas. And he's not one, he's wondering, why is it me? You know, what's going on? And the voice that's speaking to him, I think I'd like it to be female. I don't really know. I don't, I want um, a voice that could sort of be... Like a train announcer voice. No, like it would be a woman talking to them, but it would sort of have to be able to be a bit maniacal sometimes. So, I, you know, I think last time we talked about Scarlett Johansson sort of that mm, in another mm. previous episode, I don't think she's the right fit for this sort okay. of um, role. It needs to be someone who can have a bit of gravel, a bit of sinisterism to their voice. Like Jenny Slade, the sort of, she's sort of a comedian actress I, with a I comedian think, actor with yeah, her. Yeah, but her voice is quite pitchy. right. You'd want something more bassy. Yeah. So the idea is that you don't think it'd be funny to be like, you know, at the next stop, like kill Jeff or whatever. You don't think it's like I a, think it's train announcer so style the, would be so the reason would lend itself to this. I'm sort of jumping around, but the reason why this why this is happening to Guy Pearce is that it would be someone jumped in front of their train mm-hmm. when he was driving it. And um, they, for whatever reason, they the family didn't get the insurance payout um, from his life insurance. So they blame the company, they blame the car driver, they don't necessarily blame the insurance or the fact that they blame the guy for committing suicide. Mm-hmm. So I'd like, so it's a husband or a boyfriend or whatever, and then the girlfriend or wife or whatever, it goes and gets people in Guy Pierce's life and puts them on the tracks nice. in the trolley car. So right. the first one seems like it's a random group of people. Mm-hmm. And then it's like his boss and somebody else. And then mm-hmm. it's, and it goes through all these things. And he and he's trying to work out, you know, he knows these trains. He knows how they work. So he's trying to figure out, oh, I can open this ex- exit hatch and whatever else. And I might be able to get contact. And he re- starts to recognise that... Um, where where on the tunnels he is mm. so he'd be able to write i know that like this bit we get close somewhere where i can get some signal on my phone or something i might mm. be able to contact someone or i can use some of the computer system and it's sort of a way of this person's way of dealing with their grief is to sort of put him through trauma you put yeah. me and my family through trauma because of all um, whatever happened you know this is this is your comeuppance because you didn't stop at the train because you didn't um you know pay safety attention for that but maybe mm. that's them that's their way of lashing out mm. so I like the sort mm. of quite dark you use a lot of like greens and blues from the glows and the reds in and also you don't necessarily have to sort of see everyone get hit or whatever it, you, you know you see the choices and it's that mm. that mm-hmm. choice and you know maybe the last thing that you know you see them in their headlights or maybe like a bit of blood splatter or something like that but you don't have to watch every death mm. and he doesn't want to make and you just watch to. the toll it takes on him oh, yeah, should yeah. Be, every yeah. time you should see his face yeah like all it is, it yeah, then yeah. becomes a close up and on his Guy face. Pierce and his just giving reaction. us his acting. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. In IMAX, and yeah. and there is, you know, there. Are, I've spoken to uh, people whose parents are, are train drivers, and I think we've. I don't know. I've been on trains where somebody has jumped in front mm. of it, and you know, the drivers have to react in certain ways. They have to stop mm. the train. They walk out of it. You know, yeah, there is and a they lot. Have to take of, them home immediately. And yeah, replace mm. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot. So there's a lot that sort of happens when those when those things go wrong. And also, I think it's the underground. I think think um if you have three people jump in front of your train unless you've done that's you done you can't do. you're, right. you're, that's you done you're paid out because of the toll it could take on you as a as someone who yeah uh, now part of me that. thinks there's a so sadistic the twist yeah. where he's already had two so now the big twist is yeah that he the third person he, he he's engineering he's it engineering so he can it. like get off of work so that he can change his life in a positive way that he, for him i mean to not have to work again so there's just an angle in there that I if like you were doing another draft someone would might throw that in there and go well this is actually the twist I'm or he'd in the draft. already had three 
but some loophole had meant he'd been back on the train. And so the fourth person that he killed, this yeah. person's mm. boyfriend, he husband, he should never have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm. so I do like... You've got this saw-like sort of aspect to it, but I sort of like that it starts as a bottle episode thriller, like Phone Booth. You think it's yeah. just about a guy going through something. But I also, in what we were just saying, I like this element of maybe the PTSD. So there's a plausible deniability that everything he's going through is the PTSD of one person that jumped in front of his train. Mm-hmm. He's reliving it, or he's reliving the choices in his head, or you know, the sort of Jacob's Ladder, the jacket type sort of, is it happening? Is it in someone's head? You know, I think it is happening, but I like the idea that the audience could be like, I think he's just mad. And, you know, I think it's just going through, he's, he's not working through his problems properly. Or maybe he's driving on the train and he hasn't been taken off. Maybe someone mm-hmm. has committed suicide exactly at the start of the shift of the, of the film. Yeah. And he ha- it's his dealing with it. It's, it's playing out in his mind over the course of the film. In Phone Booth, you had uh, Colin Farrell and then you yeah. also had... Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland, you know, he, who was you know, mostly talking completely over through, through the phone. Mm. So you need that female actress to be someone who can... who is that level of like powerhouse to be able to sort of draw everybody. Can I throw Margot Robbie into the mix here? Yeah. Because she's really hitting stride. You can always stride. throw Margot Robbie into like, it. After I, Tonya. Always. I, that was I, I, absolutely. obscene work. Do you know, yeah. I was watching Birds of Prey or or whatever it's been retitled to yeah. due to search engine optimization. Um, uh, it's, you know, whatever it's called now. Um, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Mm. Uh, but sh- you sort of forget, because you think, oh, it's just Harley Quinn, but you forget how good an actress she is. And every scene of emotion or acting in that film is brilliant. And you go, this is better than anything I've seen. It's better than Christian Bell's Batman. You know, this is something I've not seen before. And it's just, yeah, giving it that gravitas. I think she probably got the chops to be able to do all that. Yeah. Mm. So we want to set it in Australia then? You know, like, because Australia has a good history of, like, they did Rogue, didn't they? Like, the the crocodile horror. They have a good history of sort of low-budget horror well, I, I don't think this is a horror though. I think this is more a psychological thriller. Yeah, yeah. I think this okay. is like this Him is having uh, to make these. Choices. Like I would, I would love like Fincher to direct this because you have all that low lighting and the sort of. Oh, the, you'd love Fincher to direct this. I do love. This Fincher. isn't the sort of thing Fincher would direct. <laughs> I know. I feel like and, you're punching a little and bit. And also, but like the claustrophobia of being in trains and being underground. Yeah. It's that idea of like being. In fact, uh, who did Buried? Who did the film Buried? Oh, with, it's um, Cortez or something. It's a Spanish director. Yeah. Right? Well, then they go, and then you said it in Barcelona. In the Barcelona. Cortez, in the, in the Barcelona um, yeah, metro. metro. Yeah. I mean, that seems plausible, and it's maybe the film he did before Buried. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Maybe this was like the one where he did it. You know, Piranha to the Spawning <laughs> from James Cameron. He just did it to, you know, to get his paycheck, and then he yeah. did Buried, the film he really yeah. wanted to mm. do. And you know? uh, yeah, I, I, I think. You know, the choices as he goes through, you know, it's going to be unfortunate that he's obviously... I, I don't necessarily know what the resolution is. Does he stay in the train? Does, you know, letting him leave, knowing that he's made the choice mm. to kill X amount of people? Is the last person he kills Margot Robbie? Yes. So the, uh, she, this is her way. It's not, save your it's not life about save him. Hers. It's not even about him. This is her working through her. And she's the whole... Oh, man, that's that's the whole premise of my idea. So let's let's steer away from that one. Okay. (laughs) No, no, I'm joking. The the screens inside, you know, there'd be screens inside of the train where she's able to show him images of things that are outside. So, like, Mm. this was my husband, this was our life, these, you know, were this, that and the other. And, you know, and he gets to... I guess, you know, you open up that dialogue between the two of them and it's, like, not... Mm. uh, Yeah. we, We went to the Science Museum for Valentine's Day date. Spot nice. on. <laughs> um, but they were, had the self-driving car 
um, exhibition going on there. And one of the things was working out the AI about what the car should do. Mm. And it's exactly this. So they had, you know, there's a person crossing a road and an old woman crossing a road with the brakes fail, which one do you hit? Mm-hmm. And then and um, and then it was this person's crossing the road when they shouldn't be crossing the yeah. road, but it's a young girl. And this and then there's a, a middle-aged man who's uh, happily yeah. correctly crossing yeah. the road. Which one do you hit? Mm-hmm. And um, we were we were going through it, and we had we both had to stop because like, how do you make those decisions? Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it's tough, and it really is tough. And to you know to ask a computer. I like the way you said that. that. Like you've done it. I'm always like I'm always having the trolley card I've had the trolley card dilemma conversation with friends a lot mm. I'd like say you've had the trolley card dilemma Brian <laughs> has not killed people <laughs> I, not, uh, not knowingly anyway because I think that's also what's interesting about that kind of film being made now is it's interesting the phrase that you use there about how does a computer decide mm. I think actually the whole point behind this is computers don't decide anything we decide to program mm. computers absolutely so yeah. there's no actual moral disconnect yeah. between the program are being told you've got to put the code in to say for example if the person is correctly in the road you avoid them and hit the person incorrectly in the Mm -hmm. road well that's something that the programmer has now been morally told they've got to do and their code would stay in that system so that person would be somehow responsible for every death as a result so to, to take that uh, back yeah, one step, absolutely, train, yeah. train drivers do actually, you know, mm. we think they put their feet up and check Twitter, they actually are driving the train, they're actually moving it. So that's, you know, going back to that. So uh, I, if I may, I, if you pass me the screenplay, I would take everything we discussed and I would yeah. say, so he is not a train driver. Guy Pierce is the AI programmer yeah, who absolutely. has programmed this and it's been running for a year on a trial period and this network. Oh, interesting. And somebody who's had somebody die because of this choice yes. has put him in this position to reap the 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 sort yeah. of you know to so actually be the person making the decisions now yeah oh, you know something like that when it, when it affects <laughs> him and so they've yeah. gone through mm. the ai programming all the questions that they've asked yeah and they put his family or his friends yeah. in those exact situations yeah. so because, he now has yeah. to make and he doesn't and every time he doesn't make one of those things or something something horrible happens to him yeah so like yes. a disfigurement or something like yeah yeah you know. something that links oh, to what happened to margot robbie's husband because yeah. you know yes he might have been in the wrong place but it was because of this at work or yes he might have been this poor person because of this he might have been a lower income group he might yeah. have been a man he might have been this he might have been that but i loved him he was my husband yeah you know mm. and and your train deci- you know you decided to you kill decided him you decided for your train decided. yes this is that's mm. it you know that's yeah. it I like it. Good idea for this train Thank terminator. Thank you very much. I'm a bit upset because it's very close to my idea. But that's good. Um, but it is good. It is good. I mean, we are brothers, so you know, <laughs> we, share, <laughs> we share genes and ideas. So mine spins off of that. It's very similar. But I want it to be... Um, to have horror overtones, but I'd like it to be more of... a. A, almost like a character drama. So one of these horrors where you watch it and it's and it works as a horror, but at the end of it you've seen every character's arc, you, you've allied with them and you sort of see them come out the other end and see them as better people. And I can't think of any striking examples at the moment, but there are loads of horror films that do that, where the horror is like an ancillary part of their relationships. Well, know? I guess in a way Saw... Uh, so one particularly was an issue. You, you know, yeah, Saw one was an idea of, you know, you have to sacrifice something to be able to, to yeah yeah and there are believe grow. me there are from the book of saw spin-offs that you could make this into yeah, yeah. yeah but i'm trying to just make it something slightly different so i like the idea that you open on a platform 
you have uh, it's neon lit, dusk tones, blues and pinks. You sort of feel like this is an unusual look for a horror film. And you find out that you're sort of in some nondescript built up area of Japan. So you're like, okay, you're on the Japan network system where it's sort of built up and busy, but just disparate enough not to feel like you're in a city, to, to just feel like mm-hmm. you, you can't be safe. You know, you're in this sort of built up area, but you're not totally safe. And I want it to look a little bit like... Um, the guy directed five centimeters per second. I want it to look like his films. I want it to look like an anime almost with its colors, its use of these sort of pinks and blues, these hues. I want it to feel otherworldly. And, you know, a little bit like an anime John Wick or something. I want it to feel sort of, um, I don't know, almost almost animated. Um, and on this platform, there's uh, a Japanese businessman. Uh, he's just another salary man on his way home from working late. He's drunk. He's got a bottle of something in his hand, and he's just you know he's a salary man in Japan. Is the guy who will leave work when the boss only when the boss has left work. If he takes a sick day or a day off, it, it you know appears that he is not good at his job. This is a person whose entire life revolves around working to support his family, um, in a very traditional sort of way. There's a young couple, um, some Westerners. You know they may be on a, a on a holiday. You're not quite sure what they're doing. Um, they're in love. They're nestled in each other. You can't quite see their faces, but they're they're so into each other right now. You sort of they they've been with each other for a while. There's you can feel their sort of sexual energy, because of course in a horror film you have to you have to have that Same. sort of thing. It's got to be sex. You uh, there's a runaway punk kid, probably a Korean or from a Korean immigrant family, um, and she's right on the edge of the track, and her arms are balancing wide. She's sort of doing like an aeroplane type thing. Um, and she keeps itching under her sleeves. She keeps she keeps going at like under her sleeves, but she's got her music on and she seems happy right at the edge. She's happy right at the edge of the train. So we're platform. we're already we're already on edge, aren't we? With yeah, that, oh, definitely that we are. Right. But she's almost like in this anime fashion with this sort of energy. She's almost like wistful. You almost mm-hmm. she's not. You think she's not going to go over. No. Like this person is like just fine on the edge of life. Yeah. Um, We've got a nurse, an older lady, a, an older Japanese lady. She's got blood in her outfit. She's so exhausted. She worked the graveyard. She can't even change her outfit. She hasn't got enough time. She's got to get home. She's got a kid at home who's asleep. She's got to get stuff ready for school. And then she's got to go back in to do another shift. Mm. She's absolutely exhausted. Um, and then we've got, um, in the waiting room, we've got a construction worker. Or passing through, we've got a construction worker. He comes in through the, the gates. He says to the young girl, you know, listen, you need to back off of that. You know, this is dangerous. You know, what are you doing near the edge? She tells him, you know, politely to, to What's F that off. in Japanese? Do one. Well, I... <laughs> they're both English, no. Um, well, she, well, the young lady's Korean, so yeah, she doesn't true, understand yeah, either. Um, and what he does is he... Um, he te- she tells him to F off. And, um, you know, he, but he's a big guy, muscles, tattooed, but he's softly spoken, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a nice chap. Um, and he, you know, he leaves her alone, goes into the waiting room. Um, so they're, you know, they're all interacting with each other and it's, um, you know, they're waiting for the last train and there are errors on the board. They don't really know when the last train is. Um, and they're all confused and they talk a little bit with each other, you know, a little bit about when's the next train coming, but all politenesses and sort of, you know, a train whizzes by and they're sure it's the last train and everybody sort of starts to get up, you know, and they sort of get up and sort of look to see if other people know what's going on. You and hear, you try it, hear and... the train, like, coming, can't you? And you yeah, like, sort of and, it, and, and it's gone, you know? The last train, and the board doesn't really, you know, it's all weird stuff going on, and they just sort of say to each other, like, you know, just, just, do you know what's going on? No, I don't know what's going on. And then they sort of separate. No one's willing to sort of interact with each other. Um, this is, by the way, this is a much worse idea than I'm than it requires to have this length of pitch. Well, so it's already, it's, we haven't even started. <laughs> you're going to get it. You're going to get yeah, this yeah. pitch, and, and in a minute, you're going to be like, why did you waste years. my time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So then, it, so then this final train comes through, and it's the oldest train that is possible to be on this line. You know, it definitely has to run on whatever, if it's electricity or, or diesel, whatever runs. But it's but it's the oldest train that that they would you would feasibly get into, you know. And it and it, what it does is it whizzes past, and it's a long train, and then it backs up so that just the last carriage is available. Ah, oh, you know, and they've all they've got to get on. And by that time, the construction worker is about to get out of the barrier, and then oh, okay, the train's there. Okay, well I'll get on. So the first act is a little bit like a bottle drama, a bottle episode of a drama. So it's a little bit like a one-room thing. So they're all in this train and slowly start to emerge their eccentricities and slowly they start to chat or irritate each other. They just, they're just they only locked into one carriage. The door doesn't open to the, to the following carriage. They try it. It doesn't work. Um, uh, you know, previously, of course, it said this train terminates on the board. As soon as they got on, the train leaves. It says this train terminates on the Perfect. board. Mm. You know, that's the title. Um, what's, the, what's the sound you make? Well, yeah. that's the noise we make. This is this doesn't translate well to a podcast either. But that's the noise we make when a title is said in a movie. Ryan and I just go well to each other, and then everybody around us is like, "Why are those two people making cat noises?" In the Historical movie? listeners will know this. <laughs> yeah, our fans. Maybe one day we'll hear it in a cinema. <laughs> we'll just hear people's. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so the first act is you know this train starts to speed up. The um, they start to freak out a little bit. They start to sort of get, you know, a little bit like Predators. I like it when Predators is a strange movie to reference, but I like these movies where, you know, five different people are thrust into an environment and they're different people, but they have, you all get mm-hmm. to know them at the same time as they get to know each other. This, yeah. But revealed in some manner on their digital displays is the character of the conductor. Now, the conductor, um, as this character, um, reveals himself to... Um, be a person putting them in a series of twisted scenarios. Mm-hmm. So this is why I'm saying it riffs a little bit oh, off okay, yours. Fine. Twisted scenarios as they work their way up the carriage. Now, we were talking about Snowpiercer earlier on just as we were preparing for the mm. podcast before we were on air. I wasn't thinking of Snowpiercer when I came up with this idea. And I think it was before Snowpiercer, the it film had come out. before Snowpiercer not the, out. not the graphic novel, obviously. Um, and I think it's, very, but it's going to be very different. Each carriage has a trial and each carriage tests them. Uh, the... One of the characters, and there is there's there is another sort of character there. I was supposed to write this down, but I didn't. It says it's the last character on the station is X. So I haven't written this down. <laughs> but so he maybe he's a like a graphic novelist or a young artist or he, you know, he's like a sort of he's just a boy on his own. He's a young boy mm-hmm. on his own. Um uh or, you know, or a young man, young man. Maybe he, he wanted to do things in his life, but these things passed him by. You know, maybe he's yeah. sort of he's just at that point where he's had to realise his life is not exactly the way he thought it was gonna be. Um and we'll call him X. And uh, so what happens is in the first carriage, of which I have absolutely no idea um, what happens, he dies. And he dies and they all realise the stakes. So we could die on this train. This train terminates. You know, there are traps in here and the conductor... There's levels. um, And the conductor is putting them through these twisted things. Now, what happens is there are various puzzles like that that sort of fit the characters, as there always are in these films, that Mm -hmm. sort of have some sort of resonance to who the character is. Um, uh, You know, uh, there's... Uh, they have to get on top of the train to move one carriage forwards, and you know, and somebody's put into peril. They have to, um, you know, disconnect a carriage because it's filling with, I don't know, with, with... It's on fire or something. There's all these things that force them to to have to do other things um, and put each other and themselves uh, under risk of dying. Mm-hmm. But they don't die. and But it very much saw like, but they don't die. This isn't a gory thing. It's only, only X dies at the start. This is just to... Do they take injury 
True. They take injuries and they have to sacrifice, you know, maybe parts of themselves, maybe parts of their morals, maybe parts of like, you know, uh, it's who they are, and they they definitely change. So I think what happens is what, what I've got the construction workers one gone. He has to build a tenuous uh, house of cards. But the cards are all lined with razor blades. <laughs> so he's a construction worker. So he knows, right, we've got a good foundation in. And also House of Cards is like a, Interesting. a, a phase for like... And I'll tell you... Yeah. And then it, but it's obviously cutting his hands up, which is a construction worker he uses... On a rickety train. train. On a rickety train as well. And now mm. this will... That's perfect. And it will 100% tie into why he's on that platform in the first place. Okay, so that's oh, wow. perfect. What, uh, are you going to tell us? It ties in with his... With this his, was, this with was the, unintentional. Of course. <laughs> this was not pre-planned. We've not corroborated. This ties into his use of hands. It ties into his house of cards falling. So I will explain that in a moment. And again, far too long for, for the, for yeah, the quality yeah, of this idea. Yeah. Um, so they realise that they're on a loop. They realise they're actually on a track that goes round and round. Right. You know, one of these horror movie revelations, like, my God, I've seen this sign six times, we're on a loop. <laughs> so this is the thing they have to do. They have to all work together to, to get it, you know, switch the track to right. get them off the track. Off. And when the they... train to terminate. Yes, exactly. Um, and what it does is it, um, it goes... They get to the driver's cabin and it's just full of monitors. And they're like, what the hell? You know, it's just like comically full of monitors and cameras and stuff like that. Uh, and the conductor, what they find out is that when they take the train, again, there's lots of missing bits and pieces, but they take the train into this, this train graveyard, you know, of like old mangled trains that get, they get chucked there that aren't used, you know. Um, and this is where the conductor it lives. It's the conductor's home. Um, and what you find out is, and you find out this in a way that makes sense. I haven't figured out how you right. find this out. But what you find out is that the reason the conductor has brought them all here together is because they've all had a brush with death in different forms. Right. And none of them have resolved it in certain ways. So the um, the Japanese businessman, he was, he's, you know, this has been um, a week after his wife has committed suicide. He has been the sort of person to work so long and so late that he has no time for his family. That is, that's his role, and, and, and he played that out. Um, the young couple, they're, um, they're dark and twisted. You find out through the thing they want people to put themselves in peril because they've, they've only just met each other, but they've met each other in a death cult, and they've wanted to... Wow. They've, and the death cult will, will, will probably all top themselves, right. right? But So they're like, well, we've only got a couple of days left before we drink the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. So they're like one people to join in this this horror with them. Um, although technically they never actually drank any Kool Aid. Did they not? No. That 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 is, was that from Kool Aid themselves. Did Probably. they write in and let us know not to? <laughs> it was not yeah. to not to use from their Mr. brand name. Kool Aid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know the runaway punk kid. You know she's she's had an abusive history. She she tried to top herself. She's got the you know mm-hmm. she's got she's got she's just come out of hospital just yeah. now and she's got the bandages on her wrist. But um, and the nurse. You know, she's having to deal with all these things at work, brushes with death mm-hmm. all the time. You know, she's got a kid at home, but she's seen death all day. Um, and the construction worker, the train just before this that nobody else saw was the train he almost killed himself on because he's... <laughs> I just, I'm going to read it how I've written it. Right. He's a guilty serial paedophile or rapist. He wants <laughs> to finish himself. So he acknowledges his own terrible inclinations. Right. And but he can't bring himself. Has he has he acted on these previously? Oh yeah. So the House of Cards, all the cards are pictures of his that's, victims. That's that's how you would do it. Yeah. And as he's constructing his House of Cards, it's constantly collapsing because by the end of this thing, his House of Cards will collapse. Mm-hmm. 
and his hands are the, as the, are the offending parts of it. So all these people, for oh, whatever that's reason... That's why at the beginning when he's like says to the girl... Yeah, because mm. he's, he's trying to build that connection. Yeah. But he knows yeah, he's yeah. got that darkness in him, but he's, that doesn't make it okay. So, um, but this is not a very nice sort of drama horror film. This is like I mean, one you've of really, those. You've really gone into depth. It's quite sadistic, that, isn't it? But yet, I still don't know what all the puzzles are, and I want to know what they but are. But then I, we need to build this. I yeah. mean, what puzzles could you get? And they sort of have to relate to each person. And by the end of it, I just want to say this just quickly. By the end of it, you realise two things. Um, that the conductor um, himself has been doing this so long, because when they get into the train graveyard, there's yeah. so many other trains that have just stopped there with all the people. So he's in, done in this in over there. and over again. Done this over and over again, and none of the people in there have been able to bring him to his end. And he is X, the young man from mm-hmm. the... Or maybe he's an older man, that makes more sense. The guy who dies at the start. So because they get to the end, it's because of the action they took to allow him to die at the start. So no one else in these scenarios mm-hmm. they've been going through have brought him to the end he needed. He need Now I've been such an awful person, I deserve well, to die. Well, no, uh, maybe these are the only people that come to their own change so they actually resolve the other people go on about their lives and he doesn't seem to change their lives mm. so he's frustrated but now that he feels like he's passed on some change so maybe the 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 puzzle for the guy who's the businessman mm. he's that he's tasked to do all of these like additions or whatever he's an accountant mm-hmm. or whatever he's got to do all of them in a limited time or the carriage will blow up yeah yeah but every time he finishes one two more appear yeah and actually the key to what he needs to do is to stop and then they all disappear yeah so okay that's good and he through that yeah, he yeah, learns yeah. his lesson and and then yeah do you know what I mean? so maybe the conduct oh. and he has a new lease of life he comes back out of it thinking i i you know because you can't directly influence people to do that sort of thing but he can now realize well i have a daughter at home that I she's my give her that time yeah. and maybe he does maybe the conductor isn't dead at the beginning so he, he looks like he's died that's very sore though yeah but he comes back and then he said and then he kills himself because he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, now I've gives done what I need to do. The, yeah. Gives him the keys out of there. Gives him the, um, what's it called, the ticket to can get I, out of there. Can I, uh, and then can tops I, himself. Maybe the way, when they pull into the thingy and they get to see the conductor thingy, there's like the glass door between them. And he sort of says to them, you know, now you guys have resolved. And he like uncouples the train and the train just rolls forwards into like a train furnace. Mm. Yeah, yeah, or off the edge <laughs> of like a yeah, track yeah, or something. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, like you know the thing that changes the, the track? That changes the train. A turntable. Yeah. Turntable. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um. That's just like there's like nothing there, like a like a like or a train lift or whatever. It just carries wasn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Resolved. Um. Could you also do something with what we were saying before? You know. So we were talking earlier about like if you're on a train and you see an incident or something you need to intervene in, everyone looks around at everyone else and hopes someone else is going to do it. Yeah. So you could also punish people early in the traps by, for example, if the cards are there with the razor blades, the construction worker doesn't come forward yeah. to do it, but now there's consequences because someone else stepped up. They've got mm. no context. Mm. And I guess he'd have for the card. Tough, yeah, tougher yeah, hands, yeah. right? Yeah. So he's able to, like, someone would be cut their finger, cuts their mm. fingertip off or whatever. Yeah. 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 But he but he realises, actually, he's got to step up yeah. to be part of his this puzzle. This is my time. And that's partly why they succeed at the end, mm. is it's everyone yeah. acknowledging their responsibility yes. in how the carriage works. Yeah, and responsibility in their role in accordance with death or, mm. or with in that, whatever form that's taken in their life. Yeah, can, that's good. Can one of the rooms be a karaoke room just because it's set in Japan? <laughs> <laughs> and they have to they have to sing the song without any lyrics. No, there's like no lyrics here. <laughs> I feel like it needs to relate to the character, but that's not it's not a bad pitch. But it just needs to be associated with the correct character. I um I know you've mentioned it be in anime style, mm. but would this work? 
as an anime. It would. Because you could you could exaggerate like lot, yeah. some of those like things. Like Death Note or something. Yeah. Because yeah. it feels... It, that's how you'd separate this from a saw, isn't mm, it? Mm. Is if it were uh, a hard-hitting kind of... animation. Yeah, mm. yeah. I feel like it was and leaning towards could... that. I just didn't realise it yeah. until you said it. Yeah. 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 And as we know with anime, you can everything takes about 45 episodes to resolve. Exactly. So, you know, if you've got six train characters... Yeah, 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 or much, much more. You know, the train, they could be in there you for know, a long over time. Three, over like... 300 episodes, you've got yourself, like, well easy. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a 300 episode arc, man. Yeah. I should have asked Mariko to tell me what this train terminates in Japanese was. Very you know? true. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I like that. Okay, I like that it's got a sort of, that it is actually an anime. Mm. And I, th- I think that gives it that edge. And, and I, hope, I hope nobody's um, uh, uh, sort of triggered or worried about talking about sort of death or suicide or anything. We don't take it lightly. I just think, I think films uh, can examine these things and our, you know, our relationship with these things as we, you know, that's why they're in films. And we're not, I don't think we're making light of it or anything like that at all. Um, but no. but lots of films make uh, you know and and some films that are crass and are silly sort of or you know sometimes can tackle sort of quite complex themes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean I, I you know perhaps if it's if it's based on a manga initially because you know and a lot of Japanese manga they deal with like for example Death Note deals with a lot of the politics yep. of um, what a life is worth mm-hmm. and what and and what you and, and the orchestration of, of those sorts of things so it could have been based on a manga that was made into an anime yeah you know i think that's i think that's quite good so we've heard our three ideas um uh, an affecting sort of dramedy by danny boyle uh a tongue-in-cheek uh throwback horror film um uh, we've heard uh the dupes idea of um a, a, a sort of um, a thriller, a psychological thriller on the train uh, about uh, choice and and ownership, um, and and we heard an idea about a conductor that has got people from different walks of life caught in their own brushes with with end of life and has put them in a place to come face to face with their uh, their different um, experiences and hopefully come out of it better people so we've heard these ideas and it's 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 a very difficult um decision to make i feel um and i think i need to qualify it i think i need to qualify it first um and justify it um and i don't really want to give too much of the audience my inner workings but dan's idea uh is easier to make as a as a trailer we get on the train. We <laughs> wow. do some. We do some about time. Compliment we do everyone. some about time sort of nonsense. Shoot it with a sort of Richard Curtis lens. You know, it's an, it's easy to make as a uh, as a as a trailer, but um, I love it deeply as uh, a film idea. But I think that to make as a trailer and also to give some variety because I feel like. Uh, not that I think it should impact anyone, but Bob Disposal has this sort of feel to it, albeit American. Mm. I feel like I'm going to put the winner as Becky's This Train Terminates, because I think that... Oh, what a tease! What? That you really right. hurt! I loved it. Oh, was that, that not obvious that I was going to do that? No. no. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's that wasn't oh, my intention okay. at all. I, so okay. I, just, I, just, I just have to justify why, because it's just, it's just a superbly idealised horror film. It is exactly the sort of film that should be made, can be made... 
uh, probably will be made. Absolutely. Um, and if 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 you the people vote on it, it will be the trailer that we make before someone else can make it. So I'm gonna peg. Apologies for putting it that, that way around, Dan. Absolutely, like that was a. Ooh, that was a. I have no idea. Really I'm, put in the comments whether you really it. thought you that should, I was. You should see how maniacally Sean is smiling and how I disappointed Dan no. looks right now. Just, I did not realise that I was going for that. And if you at home thought I was, write write in, and I will definitely change my ways for next time. You can write into me. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll take put a personal tissues. grievance into Dan. Um, but for those reasons, I'm going to pick your idea, Becky. And I think that this train terminates the Edgar Wright horror film. Uh, Wes, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Is the winner. Um, so, you know, if you think you can come up with a better idea at home, pop it on our uh, Facebook page, um, mention it in our Twitter, and what we'll do is we'll bring it up in a following episode. I mean, I've heard from a few of you um, uh, that you've the ideas you've come up with for the other podcasts that we've done, and they're fantastic ideas, and I don't want to be the one to bring it to you. So put it on our Facebook page, on our Twitter, take ownership of your idea for Bob Disposal, your idea for This Train Terminates, for Arrest My Case, your ideas for our upcoming episodes, and we'll mention them and talk about them during the episode and and uh, and sort of see how it riffs off of uh, everyone at the table and how we feel about it. Um, so it just leaves me to say... Um, Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, receive the episodes as soon as they drop. And if you like what we're doing, if you rate and give us an honest review on Apple Podcasts, it really helps keep the lights Five on. Five star rate. Yeah, I would accept four stars. No, I wouldn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, Five right. star. Okay. Not after, not after, not after the, the level you, of stuff we've been pitching. Also... Five stars just for the hurt that I've just received right now. <laughs> I, I will accept yeah. five stars for Dan Thanks. as a consolation prize. Um, but please, I mean, it helps keep the lights on if you, you know, and it's, it helps with, with SEO. I mean, it moves us up the up the, up the the rankings. People can actually see us um, and it spreads a little wider and it gives it gives more viability to us actually um, keeping on doing this, you know, out of our own pockets. It makes us feel nice. It makes us feel nice. We love doing it and we want to do it for you and we're open to feedback and everything like that as well. So I just want to thank um, everyone around the table for their ideas and for their presence. I've got a little just to say, if you really like the audio, because it's vastly improved... I hope. Um, that's due to the wonderful Jimmy Drew who supplied us with some amazing yeah. audio equipment today. Yeah, it's amazing equipment. Jimmy Drew, for all your equipment needs, not all your equipment needs, no. yeah. for all Just... your audio equipment needs, <laughs> don't go knocking on his door for, you know, digger. He'd give it a go. That's He'd a give deal. it a go. If you need a digger, Jimmy Drew might find it for you. You never, you never know unless you, you ask. But, um, but yeah, the, the equipment's fantastic. Um, thank you, Dan, for producing it. And thank, thank you. you, Becky and Ryan, for your ideas. Thank, thank you very much. much, Sean. Thanks for hosting. Essentially, um, my second pitch is an action comedy in which Martin Freeman and Halle Berry are assassinating people on Chiltern Railway's line between Birmingham and London. Recorded in the Capo Studios, 2020. What's up, danger?